Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne, a place where we have conscious conversations about things that really matter in our lives. And now, here's your host, Roxanne Derhage. It's uh, Roxanne Durhaj of Authentic Living with Roxanne. Today, I'm going to say I have an amazing woman that I've been spending. We met about about a year ago, at least over a year ago in our uh, writing group. We were privileged to some amazing women that get together. Uh, We started to get together uh, through the pandemic. And I would say, and I've shared this openly, um, that was my thing to put structure into my day. But out of this has came some an amazing network of um, thought leaders, female talk, thought leaders, and we meet and we write and we talk uh, about all the things that are important to us. And we still we still meet every single morning since the beginning of the pandemic. So Sherilyn Lovey, thanks so much for taking the time uh, to spend with us today. Oh, Roxanne, my pleasure. I am so grateful and honored to be asked to come on your podcast and speak to your viewers. I am I equally feel the same as you about the writing group. Uh, we started in March of 2020. I'm not sure whether you were on that first. Yes, I uh, joined. I was right out off the hop, and I think I got to know you a little bit better later as we went along. Yes, and as the group maybe got a little smaller and more intimate, we we got to know each other a little bit better. But it's been such an incredible experience to build on something I was already starting, but it just encouraged that growth by having structure and routine every single day. So I also am so grateful to have met you. So I want Cheryl to explain, like Cheryl and I just recently did uh, keynotes at uh, uh huge conference of women in agriculture, where I was able to hear her keynote, which was quite impressive. But I want her to tell you a little bit about her background before we jump into some of the juicy nuggets about her story and the things that she's doing out there in the world with her keynote speaking and also her, her book. So Sharon, tell the, tell the listeners a bit about you and uh, what your background is. Well, thank you. I love to talk about myself. <laughs> we like that too, don't we? Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. Um, actually, I started a heating and cooling company with my husband 16 years ago. And I found myself living in a world in a male dominated industry where I learned all kinds of new strategies, good and bad. And I feel like that company was instrumental in all of the boundaries that I've learned since then and that I've put forward in my book and the other parts of my life. But due to the fact that we owned that company, things were crazy. It was extremely busy. And of course, then COVID hit and things got crazier. And we had to make some decisions to relieve some stress in our world. And that's where um, things changed. Things got you know, overly stressful. And I was the hamster running on the wheel. I ran for board positions. I was, you know, being a big part in our community, trying to build growth within the community, as well as for my own business, of course, you know, we can't, we can't lie about these things. You're, you're in that to expose yourself and put you out there. And I was doing that for sure, but also met some incredible people and learned so much about 
what's the right way to live your life and what's the right way to to grow your yourself not necessarily a business and once you start growing yourself that's when things really started to change for me so let's talk a little bit about um obviously you've been in business you're you're you know what it is to build a business from the ground up and you you know i know recently when we met you were in the process of selling it but obviously the, your story, and, and she has this amazing book that will be launched and we'll make sure that uh, you have links to her website, uh, sherylandlovely.com, and it's called It's Your Turn. So let's talk a little bit about kind of the pivotal moment and the experience that happened to you that made you think, um, I, I've got to share this and, and what happened there so that people can listen to um, your story from that angle. Yeah, I think it's a great story because it it sends such a huge message to all of us that I was that hamster running on that wheel nonstop, doing everything for everyone and not taking time for me. And I had just re returned home from Jamaica because Jason and I went on a trip thinking, we're just going to get some time to ourselves and release. Um, came back and you know, when you come back from vacation, you're just like overwhelmed. There's so much to do and you're just almost more stressed than when you left to go on vacation. I felt that way anyway. And I noticed this small little spot at the top of my hairline. Now I did get a really bad burn in Jamaica. So I thought, eh, you know, maybe it's that. And I didn't have time to concern myself with it. I had a job to do. I had to get going. We had a huge trade show coming up. I looked after all the organization of the trade show. And I also sat, stood on that floor for the next four days coming up to you know, sell my products and talk about my company. And so I was, you know, full on go to work, get things done as soon as I came home, literally tripping over luggage in my, in my home, trying to get organized and ready for work. And every day it was just getting a little bigger and a little bigger. And finally, uh, because I thought I should open another business, I was looking at a retail property in Woodstock and my real estate agent who was suffering from a pretty serious disease himself looked at me and said, Sherilyn, something's wrong with your head. Yeah. Kind of noticed it. And then I looked in my mirror in my car and it was my entire forehead had this big loop on it. So I thought, oh, I better, I better go. So I checked the walk-in clinics in town, hadn't been to one in my life. Again, go figure. I don't go to the doctor very much. And I went to the clinic and he, and I'm in the actual, in the driveway of the clinic. And I look over and the place is full. It said it opened at five. It was 430. What is going on? How does this happen? People just arrive and hang out at the clinic, you know? So I got there and just as I'm about to get out of my car, it hit me. I have shingles. And the reason why I thought I had shingles is because I've been watching those commercials over and over and over again. And I all of a sudden just put two and two together. I thought, this is what it is. This is what I have on my head is shingles. And I walked in the door and he said, you have shingles, my friend, and it's too late for the antivirus. I might as well feed you chiclets. Mm. Wow. So it was a moment in time that I believe God sent me a really strong message that or you're going doomed. This is going to be a lot worse than shingles. And from that day forward, I heard everything from everyone. You know, you're going to suffer so much. This pain is so intense. This is going to be the worst ever. I didn't realize that this actual shingles that I had was called Ramsey Hunt syndrome because it affected my eye 
And Ramsey Hunt syndrome is very, very serious over and above what shingles can do to you because it actually affects you more neurologically because shingles is affecting your nerves. And so therefore I covered my whole face, my eyes were swelled shut. And you know what? I really think that if I would have had shingles on my back or my stomach or under my arm, I probably still would have went to that trade show on, on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, maybe Thursday and set up. I mean, I was that kind of person that would have said, ah, you know, I can, I can muddle through, but mm -hmm. when your face is swelled to, I couldn't see, I, I was literally in bed for 16 was it close days. To your eye? Was it close to your eye? I know it was inside my eye, right on oh, my goodness my pupil and also on the sides of my eye and in that keynote I actually showed a couple pictures just so people could see this wasn't not that shingles is minor ever because it really isn't because it's not just the lesions that you suffer from with shingles but you also get an overall feeling of unwell like you're you're just not well and for somebody like me like I told you when we were speaking before I'm a Type. I just go. And if I'm sick, I, I make it as much as I possibly can. And that's not always wise. That's just because I'm a type doesn't mean that's a good thing sometimes, you know, and it, it forced me to take some time to really heal and get better. And in that time, I also I listened because I couldn't see, but I listened, I used both. So let's talk about that slowing, right? Like, because I'm curious about that, right? You know, understanding that, you know, a lot of uh, entrepreneurs debt and you're a single, Sherlyn was a single mom with twins, not just one, but two. And, um, you know, making it on her own, doing lots of things. When you get slowed, something happens. And I've often heard this, and I, I think I have a bit of a story like that as well in my own life. What happened to you when you slowed down? Well, I, I think what happened to me is that I started, first of all, I started to ask, why me? You know, I think that's, that's the first thing that happens is you start to ask yourself, why me? And because I'm such a positive person all the time anyway, I began to look at it as more of a, why me, God? You know, why am I going through this? There has to be a good solid reason. So I think that was my number one, you know, dig deeper. And then once I did that, then I started to just take the time to release. Like, I need to just get rid of all this stress. I need to just and I also needed to realize that I didn't have to do everything. They could help my team. I had a full team. I had nine staff at that time. You know, they can, they can do this. I don't have to be on the floor. Although just so you know, we didn't sell as many barbecues that year. <laughs> um, I have to take, you know, I have to throw that in there because, you know, that's just, I'm a sales girl. That's what I do. So that was um, difficult for, for me to swallow, but it, it's fine. It's fine. I, I, I feel like what I went through gave me time. It's almost like meditation. You know, you, you actually can calm because there's not all these, I couldn't do it. I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't worry about it. I couldn't think about it. I just released it. And I let but it be. I, I wonder, like, and I'm curious, right? Like if you, through this reflection and stuff like that, in that quiet, you, you know, you obviously had to listen. And I, I shouldn't say you had to, but you listened and you learned. And obviously out of this came this, is a, this amazing book. Where do you think that message that you had to do it all on your own start? Was there a particular time when you kind of, look back that you think, oh, this is kind of where this little bud kind of got planted. And then, you know, all those years later, you know, 
this this the shingles is kind of giving you the same it's giving you the full blossom of the flower and you're realizing oh i have got to do something about this well roxanne you couldn't have asked a better question that's that's incredible because that's it does start way back there you know it starts way back when that bud's formed those roots are planted really strong and they're the ones you don't see and i wrote that in my book i was raised by an alcoholic i had a great mom who was very responsible not necessarily stable but responsible paid our bills made sure we were looked after fed clothed you know lived in a sort of middle class type lifestyle but still struggled because she was living with an alcoholic and i i remember just looking at them all probably i i was young i might i know i was young because it was when i feel i have my first memories of my self-talk when i I need to be in control somehow, like somehow I have to be different than them. And I think that's where it started is where I just thought, you know what, I have to be the one orchestrating or it's just going to get all messed up. Like it was in my home. It was a crazy chaotic lifestyle that I lived in. And that's, I think, you know, sometimes the adversity is what, and the resilience that we learn is what teaches us about finding the hidden gift. We wouldn't, even go looking for it if we didn't have some of that sometimes in our background. Absolutely. And, you know, obviously you, you were driven to achieve certain goals. And it's isn't it interesting that a lot of times you'll see people around kind of the agent stage where something happens to them and all of a sudden they, they're, they're reckoned to, to, to stop and listen, take the positives from the adversity, which obviously was a lot of positives in your adversity, but to also say what parts of um, some of the patterns that I had, okay, it, it helped me get this far, but I don't know if you're going to go on the rest of the journey with me here. And, you know, that's where you have the fork in the road. So let's talk a little bit about that. You're like you're, you're on your back, you, you're covered, you're, you're listening, you're having to do all these things. What kind of things did you start to do to learn to take care of yourself? And then what did you start to discontinue so that you could kind of be at the space that you're at now. Fantastic. I actually feel like the intensity of learning was what got me here. I, I'm, as I told you, I'm a type. So as soon as I realized that this was happening for a really good reason, that life is happening for us, then I started to draw into what do I need to do to help myself? And I started to listen to people like Brene Brown, like Tony Robbins, like people, I like Tony because I'm a grit kind of a girl. That's how I made it in the male dominated industry. So I, I like Tony Robbins. I, I like Gary Vee. I, I listen to those people regularly so I could build more information to know how to deal with the stress and how to take things out of my life. And what I really realized is that I can only control what I can control. Well, only thing that my hands touch and my mind deals with is what I can control. So I started to change the way I looked at the things I was doing in my life. And if my team could do it, then I orchestrated and taught them how to do that. It might be in my wheelhouse now, but I can move it over to their trailer and let them deal with it. And that's what I think was the biggest lesson in my journey was A, finding mentors, like finding some great people to really build on. And even as I told you before, listening to your podcast even gave me more information for moving forward with my uh, speaking business and how that 
you know, strengthens you just to grab some, some really good solid information. And then here's the next biggest thing, write down what you want. It's got to be concrete. It's got to be real. You can't just go along saying, oh, I'm going to be, I took this as a message and I'm going to get better and I'm not going to do this. And I'm not going to do that. You actually really need to focus on, on what you want so that you can start eliminating things to get there. And, you know, there were, there were things in people in my life that were creating stress for me. And I was just going along my dad. I, I was now looking after my abuser. Mm. I mean, that's probably a, a, a one of the biggest challenges I had to overcome. Everyone was like, well, why are you being so nice to him? Why are you looking after him? He did all these, you know, and I had to, I, I didn't have to explain to them. But I had to explain to me why I was doing what I was doing. And I was doing it because I wasn't mirroring him. I wasn't going to be who he was. I was going to walk away feeling like I controlled and managed the relationship with my dad now. And it, I wasn't always there perfect every, I wasn't, I did what I did for me to help me, but I still looked after him and laid him to rest in 2019. And I have no regrets about how I managed his life and my own during that process. Because when I got shingles, I was back and forth with him. Should I look after him? Shouldn't I look after him? Should I be nice to him? Should I be angry with him? Should I, those things are, are real life. That's real life stuff that happens. And how do you deal with it when it's, it's my dad? So really what we're talking about here is, yeah, and, and bear with me as I kind of reiterate this is like, yeah, you, you know, you, you adapted, right? Like I say, it's an adaptive process where you figured out, okay, what is it that I have to do to survive? And I figured out who Cheryl Ann is through this. And then I learned not to rely on others because there wasn't enough space for my, you know, your mom did the best she could with what she had. And then when shingles came around, it allowed you to really uh, look at boundaries, which clearly you set some boundaries, first of all, sounds like with yourself. And then you ultimately set boundaries with what I'm going to say, who's around you in that 10 foot radius mm-hmm. so that you could, they, that could be more of a reflective lens of the kind of life that you needed to have to continue to be successful and healthy. Absolutely. And keep in mind, uh, those 10 people around us, mine, I have, like you said, I have twins, but I also had a third child. So I have three children and I raised them by myself. And I feel like I took that control and managed it very well with those girls, but now they have children of their own husbands and I was everything to them too. So not only, you know, and, and not that they, This is the thing that we have to also realize is that it isn't that the people around you expect this of you. That's not, that's not necessarily what happens. Nobody expected me to be, they just continued to accept it from me because I was offering it until I realized that, you know, I don't have to have family dinner for 13 people every single Sunday. Why don't we start doing it every other Sunday? You know, or have everybody do a potluck and you do it kind of, you know, so that way you still get the connection. But again, sometimes it's those tweaks, right? Like people don't realize that you're like, you're right. It's kind of like the boundary always existed. So do I just keep the boundary? But unfortunately, sometimes it takes like um, a shingle or like a shingles outbreak. And with myself, my store, part of my story, I don't know if you know this, but uh it's almost 11 years ago, I was knocked completely out by a complete stranger when I was walking down the street in Toronto. And my life 
never stopped changing from that point on because I was in a bad uh, marriage trying to figure it out. And through the recovery, same, not unlike your story, Sherilyn, uh, quite literally, when I was in my on my back in Toronto, I said there was a, a blue-eyed angel, I call him, whoever he was, never found him, called him several times to say thank you. And on my back that day, I remember um, laying there with his, his uh, jacket at the bottom of my neck, because, you know, people, good Samaritans do these things, right? And then I, he said, he looked right at me and I said, he says, everything's going to be all right. And those words still reverberate through me as I think 11 years later, um, because again, at that point, I listened. There was things I needed to do that were right in front of me. And the kind of life that I've created since then, 11 years after the fact, um, I needed to make changes. Yes. And I think that's the, that's the message is that we do get a choice. We, we get a choice to see it however we want to see it. The why me happens first and we can decide, oh, because everything bad happens to me. I'm poor me. Everything bad happens. Or we can say, listen, let's figure out why I need to go through this and why I need to focus and, and change things so that this message doesn't go unwritten. There has to be a reason why I, I did this. And it's funny, as you were talking, I was just thinking about this customer I had. His name was Felix and he was German. He had a very thick accent and he used to come in the store just to chin wag with me. And, and he would take up mountains of time, but he had so many words of wisdom. And he, his one thing he always said to me regarding almost everything was, Sherlan, there's all these vase. There's all these vase. <laughs> and, you know, he was so right. There are so many ways, you know, to, to find where you should be. And it's because you are in control. You can you can make whatever way you choose, you know, those days are there. And I think with what happened, I didn't know that story about you, Roxanne. And that's I, I such a great story. Yeah. No, I didn't. That's such a great story. And I think that's what, you know, even my shingle story might not think it's that big of a deal. It was huge for me. And it took me from there. I'm like, I'm so grateful that it happened to me because it, it took me from there to, selling our company and building my speaking career and writing a book. And I wrote a book about child abuse, you know, basically that you can gain a lot, of, not recommending living in child abuse by any stretch, but it gave me so much to anchor on and to build from. And I remember always being in the Hallmark store and looking at the cards and saying to myself, how can I ever buy a card for my dad? You know, how can, what do you say? He, he's not that guy. He didn't teach me. He didn't, but guess what? He did teach me. He taught me a ton of stuff. And all those things are inside of me now. I don't have to, I can choose to look at it as evil, or I can choose to look at it as he mentored me in a way that he wasn't intentional on his, his side, but it's been intentional on my side to take that learning and put it into hopefully doing so much more for the world and for people that are suffering from the same things. And maybe it's just because you're an eight personality and you don't realize that that's not, that doesn't define you. You know, it needs, it the pain, needs the pain to does be, not define you. The pain does not define you. 
And out of unfortunately adversity, adversity comes a lot of strength. So let's say the average person listening, you know, and they're like, they're in pain, right? And, and you know, and maybe they're in, they're in pain, but they don't realize they, they need to make some changes. What would be some like quick tips? You know, this amazing book that's going to be out in January, It's Your Turn, has a lot of phenomenal nuggets in it. But what are a couple of those quick tips that you'd say to someone that says, start now, what, what would you tell them? The first thing I would tell them to do is to get out a piece of paper and a pen, not a computer, but a piece of paper and a pen, because there's something about that feeling that is different than typing it into a computer. And just write down everything you want what would you like maybe even go back and see yourself as a little girl what was fun for you what was fun or little boy what was fun what did what sparked you what made you go wow i love this this life and because there was a time there was a time for all of us when that happened even if you were in so much pain right now there's a memory back there that you can pull out and transfer to paper this is what i want this is where I want to be. And this is what I want to do and write it all down. Cause the only way to discover how to get somewhere is to figure out where the heck you're going and then start building your roadmap, start from here and then go there. And I found my journaling was probably the most important part of my success in boundary setting and breaking those patterns that were groomed in me my whole life. Um, my dad didn't let us sit when I was at home if he came home from work and we were sitting down you know your kids you come home first thing you want to do get out some craft dinner and eat that and then the next thing you want to do is just chill out and watch some tv that's not allowed in my house the second my dad walked in the door it's hey there's 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 dishes in the dishwasher the house is not spotless the grass needs to be cut the pond needs to be dug like you need to move get moving and he didn't do it nicely you know he was a get her done kind of guy. And so that's groomed inside of us. We think this is how we, we have to be. So to transfer that now to paper and say, that's no, uh, does that give me joy? That doesn't give me joy. Let's break down what gives me joy. And you can also make a secondary list that tells you what doesn't make you joy and maybe, or doesn't give you joy. And maybe that will you know, you, you can still, some things you got to do that aren't fun. That's just life. But if you can find a way to enjoy those things by adding a little spice in, you know, just like, you know, you can get through the medicine if you toss it with a water after, you know, let's sort of top it off with a little bit of cheer. And that's, so, so number one, write it down. Number two, review it regularly every single day it's almost like you start all new rituals you know if there's something out there that you really want to do figure out how you can do it whatever that is but if you don't focus on it and you don't you know people say the law of attraction you know is bogus because of this or that or you know you can't just wish for a new bike and it'll show up but if you start really, you know, I really want a hot tub. And I thought, well, I'm just going to start looking at how much they cost. What do I need to budget for? I wrote it down. I looked at it every day. I checked my finances. I, we have one now, you know, I didn't get any richer today than I was when I wanted for something, but you can do that with everything in your life. You can do that with, we sold that this has got to change. 
I am going to be a speaker. I spoke for many, many uh, charity organizations in our city. I helped fundraise. I did all sorts of great things, sat on boards and realized that's what I love to do. I want to do more of that. I, that's where I want my life to go. And I don't want to look back when I'm, you know, gone, maybe, or in the home and say, geez, I wished I had of, because there's no reason to say that. You can just keep on going along and age is not a factor. So if you're in pain, write it down. If you're in pain, review it every day. If you're in pain, find what you love and start building a roadmap for that. Because if there's no way to get a roadmap if you don't know where the heck you're going. So you got to do those things and start new daily rituals, recreate your life. When I was a single mom, my uh, doctor said to me one time, if when I was debating on whether I'm going to go with my husband who is, you know, had had many affairs on me, or was I, was I going to just leave him and start my own life? He said to me, will you ever get over the fact that your husband had an affair? Turns out he had multiple affairs, but at the time I only knew about the one. And I thought to myself, you know, no, I know myself well enough to know that I'm not going to get over that, that that was way too big for me. So he said, well, then you need to create your own new traditions in your new life. And, you know, that was back, back long before Dr. Phil and, and uh, Tony Robbins and all those people. That was long before that. My doctor was smart guy. And he said, you need to start all new traditions, things that you always wanted to do that your ex-husband didn't want to do. You want to do all those new things. And I'll tell you, that's the same as right now when you're sitting there and you're in pain is you need to find, change up what you're doing to get better results. Find the results that you're looking for and then build that roadmap to get there. And a good way to do that too, is to say, I know what I don't want and to write a list down of what I want instead. Start there, right? And, you know, that's, that's a basic thing. And you're so right, because then at that point, you're, you're engaging the logical part of the brain, which is where we need to be to be able to actually achieve things, right, and then reinforce it going in, like you said, day in, day out, and to quiet that, that, that voice that said, oh, you know, you can't sit still. Or you can't achieve that, right? That, that voice, if that voice is bigger than the one, uh, which it will be first, eventually, uh, with these daily rituals, what it starts to happen is then your voice that says, yeah, I'd like that hot tub. I deserve that hot tub, you know, and that starts to become the pervasive big bullhorn in your head that goes, oh, okay, I can do this. And slowly mm-hmm. but surely, like from what you're saying, a bit at a time. So you have all this stuff in this book. Um, Charlene, I want you to tell everybody where they can get a hold of you. If they wanted to uh, coach with you or if they wanted you to come out and speak to their organization or to get a a hold of this hot number as soon as it gets released, where can they get a hold of you? So I have a website, sherylannelovey.com. Very simple. There's no hyphen between my name, although my name is hyphenated, but it's just sherylannelovey.com. My company is called It's My Turn. My book is called It's Your Turn. On the website, there's a work with me page. And you can review all of my podcasts. Or sorry, sorry. This is my first podcast. You can review <laughs> all of my keynotes. You can review my YouTube channel, everything from my website. So that's and you can see where to pre-order my book. Uh, you just have to enter your email and we'll let you know when it's all available. It will be available on Amazon. 
And um, the launch is happening in January. The release of the book will be probably first couple of weeks into February. And I'm really, really super excited about it. And I'm so happy for your support to you, Roxanne. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for sharing uh, all this amazing wisdom. So I think, you know, for anyone out there, life is, it's full and it's, it can be beautiful, but it also has a challenging, it challenges, but we all will get, have pain, but we don't need to suffer. And I think Sherland's story is such a, you know, such an amazing um, example of the success, but there was pain, but she didn't live in the suffering when she got the uh, messages. She didn't make it about, I'm a victim, but now that I have this information, what do I do with it? So if you're in that space, just recognize that anybody out there um, that you see that you perceive as being successful, they've all been through things. You may not know their story, um, but when you read a book like uh, Cheryl Ann's, you, you'll see the, the journey and you can learn the same wisdoms um, from uh, getting a hold of her book. So again, uh, for anybody that wants to learn about authentic leadership, either at home or at work, all you gotta do is, um, you know, just go to chatwithroxanne.com and you'll book a discovery call with me. Again, Cheryl Ann, thanks so much for your time. And for everyone, uh, thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you again next week. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to Authentic Living with Roxanne, creating the space for positive, healthy change. Roxanne is a keynote speaker, psychotherapist, and coach. To work with Roxanne, visit roxanderhajcom slash blueprint. We'll see you next time on Authentic Living with Roxanne.